and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how are you this week? I am fantastic. And as you know from our pre-show uh, uh, conversation, <laughs> I'm exceedingly hopeful uh, today. It's, I, you know what, it's... People could say, like, well, it's the season, you know, it's Hanukkah, it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, all the holidays are kind of, you know, it's holiday time. But I know the real reason, Stephen. The Buccaneers are in the playoff race. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely it. That's definitely why I just have just a, a song in my heart. <laughs> Pep in my step. Um, but, what yeah, you know, I, I kind of uh, said before the season that um, – if Lovey Smith would have been there this third season, then the expectation would have been playoffs. Yeah. So there was no reason to lower those expectations, especially when the head coach was going to be, I mean, the head coach was going to be the former uh, offensive coordinator who who got James Winston off to such a, a good start last year. Yeah. And it, it, those additions have paid off. I mean, they, 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 uh, they added uh, – Defensive end and free agency and Robert Ayer, the defensive end uh, in the second round, who's the steal, in my opinion, and Noah Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the, the first round pick, uh, the quarterback. So they addressed the needs of their team. Like what was keeping them from being a better team in the first place yeah. was they couldn't get a pass rush. They, they couldn't figure out who could play cornerback. Uh, in secondary last year. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they, those guys are really who you kind of see driving uh, this whole thing, turning things around. Um, uh, Robert Ayers has been kind of uh, just the leader of their group other than Gerald McCoy yeah. uh, this year. And, and he's he's been a little in and out of the line, lineup, but he recently came back and, and he's been kicking ass. Uh, and he's, he kind of plays with the edge, which is something else that their team was missing. And then Noah Spence, uh, I know if you look at the stat sheet, he doesn't necessarily look like he's having that impressive of a year, but he's really uh, doing some good things as a pass rusher. They don't always show up. Yeah. In the stats. So, um, you know, the, I think that the plan came along just as mm-hmm. it was supposed to. Uh, and now they have a chance these last two weeks. They could actually, I think, still win the division. Mm-hmm. If they win both of their games and Atlanta loses the game, so yeah, so it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. But it's one that you can kind of see coming. Yeah, well, and I think too. I mean, you know, I know Winston obviously because he's a quarterback and he's a young quarterback, so he gets a lot of the attention. But you know that the twenty six points they gave up against the Cowboys last week—that was the most they've given up since week nine. I mean, yeah, that defense I, has been really, really good over this last month and a half. Yeah, actually, the, the offense had been kind of stagnant. Yeah. Uh, with James. Uh, he had made some some very, uh, let's say, uh, highlight-type plays, uh, uh, very, uh, you know, high degree of difficulty, mm-hmm. avoiding the rush and stuff like that. But they weren't putting a lot of points on the board. Uh, and, and, and it seemed like, you know, Mike Evans had kind of hit a little bit of a slump, too. Yeah. So their defense... Uh, uh, kind of rising up and 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 uh, you know playing better than they had all season couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, like I said, you know Noah Spence started really coming on strong as a pass rusher. Uh, they got Robert Ayers back healthy. 
And then, you know, Jerry McCoy, who's, you know, in another Pro Bowl, has always played at, at, at a high level. It's just that he didn't have much help uh, before that. So uh, that, that defense has really been humming. Uh, uh, you look at it and, and, you know, they did give up some points against the Cowboys, but they also were put in some bad positions at times too. Mm-hmm. That situation. So I still feel like that defense is a driving force. If Jameis and, and that offense can get going, they have a great chance of winning these last two games. Yeah. But if they continue to be stagnant, then I think, you know, as always happens with the defense, if you overwork them too much, you know, sooner or later, uh, uh, yeah. they're going to break. So yeah. it, it, it's going to come down to if the offense can get better. I know, you know, you're not used to saying that about the Bucks. You know, <laughs> the defense has kind of been the Achilles heel of late, but – yeah, it's the offense right now, and the defense is leading the way, like yeah. we used back in the day. Well, with the Saints this week, that's a good that, – that, going against the Saints defense is always a nice little elixir for an offense that's stagnant a little bit. So, Yeah, if they can't get it going this week, then, <laughs> you know, you basically have just given away your chance because at least for this week, they should definitely – Win that game, the offense should definitely bounce back, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the more interesting. There's kind of some interesting – that's one of the Christmas Eve games. It's it's kind of – I don't remember this kind of schedule. I mean, there's always Saturday games this time of year because there's not a lot of college football going on. But um, this is like where – because Christmas is on Sunday, so there's only two games Sunday, and then the most of the rest of the games are Saturday, like at the same 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. 8.30 primetime game again. Well, it's been a while since we've had anything like that, it seems like. The weird quirk of the calendar there. Yeah. Which, which uh, well, it, I mean, I guess I didn't have to go anywhere for Christmas this year because there's games on both days weekends. And, yeah, you gotta work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, it saved me some gas money. a good excuse, Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see since we last talked we had another coach get fired Stephen Gus Bradley out in Jacksonville I guess uh, I guess throwing letting the Houston Texans bench Brock Osweiler come back and beat you with Tom Savage is probably a good way to get fired even though you're probably going to get fired by the end of the season anyway yeah you know look it was a foregone conclusion that he was out of there right it was just about when. Yeah. And I was a little bit surprised that, you know, any coach got fired before Gus Bradley this year. That's just how terrible a job of coaching I think he's done over the last two years. Yeah. Um, but I get, I, get, I, I get the feeling they were going to let him, you know, serve out the, re- the whole season just kind of out of respect. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't find a single person to say a bad word about Gus Bradley. Mm-mm. Other than, of course, his results as head coach. Everybody <laughs> loves the guy. Everybody lauds him. Um, and, and so I think they were going to try to show him their respect, but you just can't do that. No. You can't You can't let a team bench a, a guy that they signed in this offseason for like 18, what, what, what crazy? 17, $72 million. million dollars. And then have them bench that guy and still beat you? Yeah, you just can't have this. So I think finally uh, it had come to a head, and they just had to let him go. But it was a foregone conclusion, man. Look, 
people can say what they want to. I know a lot of people don't watch the Jaguars, so they just look and see, oh, they lost again. Oh, and here's a highlight of Blake Bortles throwing, throwing the interception off a guy's <laughs> foot. You know, and it kind of seems like they're the bad news bears, but there's a lot of talent in Jacksonville. Their defense in particular has a lot of pieces. Jalen Ramsey is going to be a monster. Yeah. With a better defense coordinator this year, that would have been a top five defense in my estimation. You look yeah. at them from top to bottom, and they got a bunch of talent on defense. And the offense, you know, if you can get Brock Bortles back at least to what he was in 2014, I'm sorry, 2015, yeah. last year, if you can just get him back there, they have so much talent at the wideout position. Mm-hmm. You got a good young running back. That you're gonna have to upgrade your offensive line a little bit, but you're not many pieces away. No, from being a contender and being in in, in the in the playoffs, and that's got to be attractive to pretty much every uh, uh, young you know guy trying to aspire to be a head coach in the league. Like every guy, the hot commodity. If there was one place I want to go, I, I'm pretty sure it'll be uh, Jacksonville right now. Yeah, and and that's you know that's. Uh, Jacksonville's nice too because if you're a head coach, it's not a high pressure media market either. I mean, I know you got to deal with Duval a little bit there, but it's it's not like L.A. where one big argument with uh, the Hall of Fame, the franchise's Hall of Fame running back, will get you out on your ass pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a great situation. The the ownership has shown they'll be patient with you and yeah. give you time. They've shown that they will spend money yeah. here recently as well. And like I said, you got some really nice pieces. Even if you want to tear down the team a little bit and kind of remake it in your image, there's a lot of pieces that would would translate no matter what kind of offensive or defensive scheme you bring there. So I, I just think it's a real nice opportunity, man, Yeah. Uh, for for any aspiring head coach. It just, it just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> To go there with, with, with that much talent. Well, so you're going to look things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, people aren't going to watch them until they start winning. Right. And so people who never watch them are going to think, man, how did this team get this good this fast? Yeah. So you get to wear that jeans hat for a while, yeah. too. It's kind of funny. I saw somebody, a Sports Illustrated, the other day, like, had an article they wrote about, like, a hype, Jaguars hype article they wrote before the season and never published it. And then they kind of ran it. They ran it this week with, like, the notes, you know, like, <laughs> about, like, looking back on it and just sort of, like, this is the <laughs> – this is what happens when you – the pre with preseason hype that was kind of funny because, I mean, you know, I thought that with the Jaguars. I certainly didn't think they'd be 2-12 and 12 with the kind of talent they have on that roster. You know what I mean? Right. And, and look, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're chasing – uh, in your division, uh, you know, a team is like twelve and two or something. They're, they're, they're in the AFC South. Yeah, right. How, they should definitely be in there with a, you know, a weak coach team and a, and a, again a, a, a Texans team that just benched their big money quarterback. It, People are going to look back and say, okay, we overhyped them. No, it, it was the coaching. Yeah. They had the talent to be there. They had the talent to at least be, you know, in the hunt for their division crown right now. Yeah. And Gus Bradley just totally fucked that off. Yeah. 
And I don't, you know, I, I don't like to say, I mean, I don't, can ever, you hear the reports of, oh, well, the players quit on him. And that's one of those things that's kind of hard to define. You know, you never know what that is. But, like, I can't imagine it's real fun being a player in that locker room when you go out there and you bust your ass and you still lose, you know, you keep losing game after game after game like that. I mean, I suspect by the 15th week of the season, that shit gets a little old. It gets old, especially when, like, the way you lose some of these games. Yeah. Again, with your quarterback throwing a fucking interception off a guy's foot, which he's now done twice this season. Yeah. And it's just, you know, bad calls on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, look, you know, you you watch Jalen Ramsey's film and try to say he's quick. You know, he's yeah. out there kicking he's ass. Balling. And there's a lot of dudes out there. They're still giving it. I mean, their their defense is still ranked pretty respectably, uh, if I recall correctly. And, yeah. And and, and so I, I I'm just trying to say, like, when people don't watch this team, they just kind of assume some things like they're just bad. Mm-hmm. No, they just really bad moments. <laughs> moments that by now you just expect them to have. Mm-hmm. You know, you just know that Blake Borders is going to blow the game at the end. You just know that the defense is going to give up a big play at the end. Mm-hmm. But but in between the, the opening whistle and that, they usually play some pretty good football. Now, they've, it, they've melted down at the end of some games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that, that, that shows a, uh, they need to attain a higher level of maturity. But it also shows a lack of leadership to me. Because, yeah. you know, you don't have a good coach that coaches a team that's undisciplined. Yeah. Those two things just simply do not go together. You can't be a good coach and have a, a totally undisciplined team like that. Yeah. So you, you saw the same thing with your with, with the Rams. Mm-hmm. You know, remember uh, what, what was it, the first game? Aaron Donald was throwing his helmet all over the place and shit. Yeah. That's a reflection of leadership or lack thereof. Yeah. So if you can get a strong personality in there, that kind of gets them all going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm telling you that that's, that's a really good place to land, even if that's not where you ultimately want to be. Because if, when you turn it around there, people are just going to assume that you're a genius. Yeah. Not that you had all this talent sitting around there and, and just it hadn't been put together yet. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder Tom Coughlin keeps leaking his name out there in connection with Jacksonville. Man, that'd be the dumbest thing I could <laughs> think of if they hired him. I was listening to people say this shit and actually trying to make it seem like, oh, that would be a great hire. What the fuck would make it a great hire? Because <laughs> he's been there before, I guess. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> why, why, why are we so obsessed with retreads? I just don't get it. Only in the NFL. I mean, I, I just like... <sighs> I mean, it's, it's the Jeff. It's the same thing with the Jeff Fisher thing, man. It's like only in the NFL is this guy seriously a coaching candidate still after twenty three shitty years of coaching. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, you're not very good at your job. Let's hire you. Yeah, I mean, look, he won the Super Bowl. Can't take that away from him. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like his team was so, <laughs> so like up and down. His yeah. whole tenure there. It's just, you know, remember they were about to, the players were about to stage a revolt on, on Coughlin. <laughs> on, this shit, on Coughlin. You know, I, 
but then he goes out and wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But 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 why why would you want to put this young team through that shit when you know he's not the coach of the future anyway? Yeah. You know they're gonna be coaching there two or three years yeah. if that. You don't need a holdover right now. You need a guy, and and precisely because he's not gonna be there very long is why some some of them could potentially tune him out. Yeah. They know he's he won't be coaching them in a few years. Get a guy in there that. You know, they know this guy's going to be here for a while, and so I better get my shit together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and somebody that can, you almost want would want somebody that can kind of grow. I mean, you know, like you say, it's a young team. You get somebody in there that kind of grows with the players a little bit. I mean, some fresh blood in a sense. And, a, uh, you and know, somebody, somebody that knows what the fuck they're coaches, doing. Right. That that's a number one, <laughs> yeah. but also the fact that you know a younger guy could probably relate to those guys better anyway. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I just don't see some of these young guys, you know, going into Tom Coughlin's office and talking to him about life. Yeah, like, uh, what's what's the deep? But that's uh, was it Fowler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't see him going and, and, and you know. Trying to you know, have a heart to heart, or just you know, trying to talk to, to Tom Coughlin about you know about how to be mature and how to you know learn how to you know, be a professional and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just oh man, let 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 Tom Coughlin be retired and, and ride off in the sunset, and let somebody else have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I. That's just gonna. Uh, you know, that'll be. Uh, I guess in a couple of weeks we'll be. Uh, we'll have a, all the coaching vacancies we can really d- dive into, and all the crazy head coaching rumors that come with it. Because that's always that's always an entertaining time in the NFL season. Always fun. Always <laughs> get out the old, <laughs> the hashtag meritocracy. <laughs> and, and so rarely do we get it right. You know who's doing where. Yeah. I'm still look. I'm still laughing because I look up and, and, and all of a sudden they're talking about the Rams and they talking about John Gruden oh. like being a coach. I'm like, man, his agent is the best agent ever. Like he's gonna link him to every single NFL. I'm sure he'll come up in Jacksonville talks too. Until, oh, yeah. they, until, until we get the announcement that he just signed a new you know extension for Monday Night Football. <laughs> But it's just it's just amazing that he's run that game so many times that people still fall for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and it's interesting to watch too because it seems like the Rams are really putting some big names out there and like we're gonna chase. I mean, I think they have some damage control to do with their fans too. After the Jeff Fisher thing blew up in their face the way it did this year. No, oh, and, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, this for sure. Thing. Hats off to, I mean, I, I got to say, even as a St. Louis guy, I got to say, hats off to Los Angeles fans in the media for not putting up with that 7-9 bullshit the way we did for four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My, I, I, don't, I don't think they could. You know, they, <laughs> they just, it's L.A., man. You, you better entertain them or they're going to find something else to do. That's right. That's right. Give, give Eric Dickerson the Nobel Prize that's, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I saw something like if Eric Bob Dylan can get home. it why can't Eric Dickerson Eric Dylan Eric Dickerson showed up uh, to talk to uh, Jeff Fisher and told him I'm a grown ass man dog <laughs> 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 
he finna be sitting up here talking to me like that. So, yeah, you, you're right. He he's a hero right now. <laughs> Highlight of the year. Let's. All right, since we talk, I mean, the Bradley thing came up in the context of the Houston thing, but because the other big story this week is that the Houston Texans finally benched Brock Osweiler, who's just been, I mean, I feel like that's a recurring theme on this show, Brock Osweiler being shitty. And, like, finally, the shittiness just got to be too much, and they they put Tom Savage in there. And I I don't want to get on the hype train and be like, oh my God, Tom Savage is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. But he did play a lot better than um, Brock Osweiler, which is a fairly low bar to clear. But And he's starting well, this week, too. Yeah, well, Brock Osweiler is just, he's a dumbass. <laughs> as much as anything else. Um, he really is, because he's got Nuck Hopkins on his team, and he doesn't look for Nuck Hopkins nearly enough. No. You know, and you might look at, at, at Hawkins' numbers and his targets and think, oh, man, you're crazy. Uh, he's looking for him a lot. No, he, he's not. Not on a team built the way that theirs is. I put it that way. Yeah. Because, you know, you got the the, the rookie, uh, uh, Will, what's his name? Will Fuller, who's fast, but his, his hands are inconsistent. And you know you, you got Fedora with the tight end, but that's about it. Yeah. And so you, it, if you're trying to have a ball control offense, that necessarily means that you have got to convert on a high percentage of your throws because yeah. you're not going to have many throws in the first place. Yeah. And so you know you look for Hopkins almost every time you're supposed to. Yeah. And he just wouldn't do that, and that was the major difference in that game. After Savage came in, he was like, "Screw this." If I'm throwing the ball, I might as well throw it to Nick Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked out pretty well for him. <laughs> Imagine so, that. I, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. It, it truly isn't. Well, now, and, that's, and know, Osweiler I, was so bad, like, even when he did throw it to Hopkins, he couldn't fucking get it there. Right. He was just terrible fucking placement of the football. Usually, Nuck is a guy who can just go and get it. But you got to give him a chance, yeah. you know? You, you got to put it in a vicinity, at least. Uh, and, and that's what that's what I'm about to say. Like even when he did make those the the, the correct read or what have you, he just he was so inconsistent with his placement of the football. And, and just you know, he started having a bigger wind up with his throws and stuff. You could just tell he was pressing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, man, I, I think I said it last week. I said um, they were having to coach around him. Yeah. And that that is a if you're an offensive minded head coach. That is a terrible, like, that's hell for you. Yeah. That's hell for you that you have to tailor your offense to hide your quarterback whether than to be able to showcase him. Yeah. And so I figured that, you know, probably next year, Bill O'Brien will finally have to be like, look, I can't put up with this anymore. But I really couldn't see him doing it this year. But, it, look, it made sense. Um, they, they're, they're about – Right there in the division race, I think they got the lead in the division now. And who knows if you're going to have that same situation next year. Yeah. So um, you think they would be better off with J.J. Watt coming back, but you just never know. What if he's never the same guy? Well, yeah, So you kind of have to to strike uh, when the opportunity presents itself. Um, Well, that's kind of what... I don't think I'd have had... uh, 
enough courage to do it, quite honestly. I think a lot of people, if they were honest, they, they would say the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, a guy you spend you spend that kind of money on in the offseason, you make this big to-do about we finally get your franchise, young gun franchise quarterback, the owner, you know, there's there's the, there's the stuff in the past with the owner and the general manager and the coaches in Houston, too, that all sort of, you know, inner office politics and all not being on the same page necessarily, but you go back to some of that stuff and they finally get their guy and then, you know, they're eight and six and they bench him. But, and it's might be, have been the best move they made this season. I don't know what else they could do. I mean, at eight and six, they're tied with the Titans in the AFC South. The only reason that Houston has an edge is because they're five and zero oh in the AFC South. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Imagine it. It's, it's so... Uh, successful against teams in that division. (laughs) It's kind of fun, though, because it sets up for what could be a pretty good game. I mean, we'll see how Savage does this week. They play Cincinnati. Oh, that's the primetime game on Christmas Eve. If uh, I I hope Santa makes it to everyone's house and he's not too busy watching the Texans and Bengals game that night. (laughs) But that sets up a pretty interesting game in Week 17 with the Texans and Titans, the Titans being the other 8-6 and team in that division. A team that doesn't have quarterback problems. Yeah. Um, Plenty of problems of their own anyway. The whole Tom Savage thing, like, I'm not sure he's that good. (laughs) Like, I'm not really sure he's that good. But at the same time, I think that, again, if he's smart enough to throw the ball to nut over and over again. You don't have to be that good. Then maybe he doesn't have to be Superman. Like I said, uh, like, seriously, um, they got to be to this point, as you point out, with Brock Osweiler playing like that. Yeah. So, you know, he was terrible. And so if your team is good enough with your quarterback playing that bad to get to eight and six, how much better would they be with a guy who's only marginally better? <clears throat> yeah. You know, that's at least one more win or so. Yeah. So look, I, I just, I didn't see it for, for Savage. I know a lot of people didn't, you know, watch them play in the preseason and what have you. Uh, but at the very least, you figure he couldn't do any worse, right? Yeah. But, well, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick made a lot of money off throwing the ball to New Hopkins. Right. A, a bunch of guys do. Yeah. So it's, it's I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind <laughs> of like, I'm still not sure what to make of the Texans now with, with, with Savage as the quarterback. But but I just figure if you think that it'll be a close game, he might be just enough good, uh, better than good. <laughs> wow, just enough better than Osweiler that that will make enough difference for them to win that game. Yeah. So, you know, if it's a team that you just think is obviously better than the Texans, I don't think he'll make that much of a difference. But if it's close, he might just you know get them those wins. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it would be interesting to watch it happen. Uh, Savage, I couldn't think of it the other day. Savage was the guy that draft Twitter loved. So, like, I was looking through the tweets again when he came back in the game. There was some, there was some 
previous bias that had existed there because draft Twitter loved Tom Savage when he came into the NFL a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, tells you all you need to know right there. Where did he, he Pitt, Rutger, Pittsburgh and Rutgers is where Tom Savage played college football. Fourth round pick in 2014. That was, that was one of those, he was the steal, the big steal. He was Dak Prescott before he was, the Dak Prescott before there was a Dak Prescott, Stephen. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. I, I vaguely remember that. Everybody just knew he was going to end up getting a starting job. Um, even though, they, like, I think they might have brought somebody in or something that was the, the starting quarterback at the time, but they just knew Tom Savage was going to take his job. I can't remember who yeah. exactly it was. was it, well, 14 was the year they had that Fitzpatrick was smart enough to get the ball to Hopkins and convince the Jets that he could be a starting quarter, a big money starting quarterback. Yep. <laughs> and then it was Hoyer the Destroyer in 2015. That's, so this is three, now this is three times Bill O'Brien has had to bench his week one quarterback. Every season since he's coached that team, he's had to bench his week one quarterback for performance at some point in the season. Yep. At some point, you got to ask. Maybe it's not the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Thinking emoji, but that's uh, uh, and I, the best part about this whole Brock Osweiler thing is that you still see Broncos fans talking about how smart John Elway was. I know we've talked about that before, but I still it still cracks me up every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, look, David Steele. I think it was David Steele wrote a really nice column about this this week about. <clears throat> The revisionist history going on, and, and he really broke it all the way down. But no, you can't act like this <laughs> move makes uh, John Elway look smart. He was ready to, to break the bank for this kid too, and was pissed off when 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 Osweiler uh, picked the Texans over 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 the Broncos. He, he didn't say no to Brock Osweiler. Osweiler said no to him. Yeah. Now um, the fact is. The, the Broncos themselves may not make the playoffs. Okay, so I'm not sure you can necessarily say the strategy works so well for them either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not paying Brock Osweiler, but they still aren't winning games either. Yeah. So, um, no, you, you can do a lot of things with this situation. Definitely you can laugh at, at the Texans for paying him, but what you're not going to do is give uh, 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 Elway any credit for this? Like he wasn't trying to sign the guy to a big money deal, too. Yeah, I tell you, I know, I know. We said before the show we were talking about the dumpster fire that is Twitter, but I, the I did find one. I peeped at Twitter earlier today. I did find one redeeming thing. Somebody had a side by side photo of John Elway and Gary Busey. It's like holy shit, maybe they are brothers. <laughs> Um, so speaking of the Broncos, then you're right. There's a pretty slim chance that, you know, their playoff hopes are down to vapors at this point. And who do they play this week? I think, oh, they play the Chiefs this week. They play the Chiefs on, on Christmas night. Um, and that's, I mean, it's do or die. And, and even winning isn't like they still need teams to lose for them to make the playoffs. Right. Are you? Uh, I, I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, I know, like, obviously, you just don't magically go from 
I mean, in not that Peyton Manning was great last year by any means, but you know, you just don't. It's hard to imagine a team that you go from Peyton Manning to Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, and suddenly, you know, you you go from Super Bowl champ to missing the playoffs like that. Are you yeah. surprised? I'm not so much surprised. Look, yeah, I remember uh, Simeon missed a couple games. Uh, I, I think they split those games. They, you know, they had the, uh, the rookie in there, and he doesn't look good at all. It's, you know, Lynch. Just, Paxton uh, Lynch. Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, right now, he, just, he doesn't look very good. Uh, Trevor Simeon himself has put up some good numbers, but just in crucial times, hasn't necessarily made the play that you need. Yeah. It's the games. But their defense has been outstanding for most of the year. And, and you know, for, reports are coming out now that there have been words exchanged. I guess uh, after the game last week, some offensive players, including uh, uh, Russell O'Coon, wanted to speak up after the game. I don't know if they want to apologize or what. <laughs> but uh, some of the defensive players uh, are key to lead. And then was the main one shouting them down and didn't want them to talk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like y'all don't get to talk because y'all were terrible out there today. And they were. Yeah. You know, the, the defense played outstanding football on Sunday and they still lost. Yeah. So, and so, uh, you never want to have that. Uh, and especially on the team that, that needs to win these last two games to try to have a chance. Yeah. Playoffs. So um, something's got to give up. The offense, even with Simeon in there, just doesn't score enough points and, and doesn't uh, move the ball nearly uh, well enough in, in crunch time. Yeah. And they're going to have to make a decision because now you already got Lynch, and he hasn't exactly set the world on fire, but he's the first round pick. You got Simeon. Do you bring in somebody to battle? You know, Simeon next year and, and keep Lynch on the bench. Do you give Lynch a shot? I, I'm not sure, but you know, there, there's rumblings that they're going to go with Simeon again. And I think if they do, um, I, I'm not so sure the results will be any better next year than they were this year. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess that's why I haven't heard a Tony Romo to the Broncos rumor in a while. But I suspect that'll pick up if they don't make the playoffs this year, huh? Definitely, because <laughs> I think it's. You know, my thing about, when you think about those things, we're thinking about the old Tony Romo. Yeah. Tony Romo that could move around real good in the pocket and stuff like that. I'm just not sure this guy with these injuries, after these injuries, and, you know, at this point in his career, if he can be that for them. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, But that's as good a place as any to speculate that he's going, because he's going somewhere, obviously. Yeah. And why not the Broncos? You, know, you, only, you only have a certain window for, you know, a defense like that. Yeah. So later you're going to start losing guys one way or the other. And so you got to maximize it while you have it. Yeah. And, and you know, if Romo can't, can't stay healthy, you <coughs> definitely play better than Trevor Simmons. <laughs> got to be at least a little bit. Um, there's some, you know, there's some, we talked about the Bucks earlier that they're kind of one of those teams that's in sort of a, in the, in then obviously the Texans and the Titans, there's some interesting two team races for a few divisions like that. And 
and the Steelers and Ravens are kind of one of those right now that are going back and forth with two weeks to go that have a chance to kind of uh, um, decide that one of the AFC playoff spots by winning the AFC North like that. And they actually play this week too. They're the other game with the Chiefs, Broncos, and then the Steelers, Ravens are on Christmas as well. Who do you like in that one? Uh, and which one? It was the Steelers, Ravens. Who do you think? Who do you think comes Ravens, out? Yeah, uh, who comes out ahead I, in the playoff race? I guess. I, I think I picked the Steelers on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I think at the time when I picked them, I thought the Darius Leonard was still going to be in the lineup. It looks like he won't be because of the concussion. But still, that offense is just—it's hard to contend with. Um, and you know, the Ravens have a great defense. But it, uh, when, when Antonio Brown is involved, yeah, especially you know, their best cornerback, Jimmy Smith, might be missing the game too. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to shut him down regardless. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I think uh, it's going to come down to uh, whether Joe Flacco is elite. Quite <laughs> <laughs> Um, because you know Joe Flacco is kind of in that Eli Manning mode. Uh, he, yeah. he can carve you up uh, some days, and then some days he can throw, throw the team right out of the game. Yeah, but he seems to always hit his stride around this point in the season. Yeah, right. When, when they've gone on those uh, Super Bowl runs or, or, or playoff runs, he gets really hot right around now. Yeah. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of a corn flip. I just kind of picked the Steelers just a bit. Well, we, I, everyone is pretty much unanimous on that. We had one person pick the Ravens. It was hmm. Joel. And he's yeah. a game behind you. Yeah, he's breathing down my neck. Man. That could he, be the difference, He got me nervous man. over here. <laughs> he really had me nervous. Um, speaking of which, I think I picked the Eagles tonight. I'm... Publicly announced, I'm changing that pick. It's funny, like, I had an interview earlier today, and we were kind of going through some of the games, mm-hmm. and uh, he was asking me what I felt about that game. And I talked myself through it, and I was like, saying all the reasons why I thought the Giants would win. I was like, wait a minute, I think I picked Philadelphia to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked back, and I was like, yep, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. All right. I wasn't, that yeah, is Joe's a little too close. I, I can't. I can't give it away. <laughs> I can't give it away. Joe's breathing down my neck right now. Man. He put pressure on me. So. Joel and the computer. Well, the computer always going. You know, it's like they're always going to come back. The, the computer hardly ever has over really bad weeks. Uh, so you know, we might have a really great week, really bad week, but then we'll just have consistent good weeks. So I, I ain't worried about the computer. The c- computers, man, computers will replace us all someday. Yes. Hey, if computers can make hot takes, I say let them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. And um, I guess the, I mean, the big one, the one that's kind of the hype one is the Lions-Packers race. Because, I mean, everybody had kind of written off the Packers for dead back in November, and myself included. But it's probably not a very smart thing to do when you got Aaron Rodgers 
to just assume that they're going to, that they won't be back in the mix somehow. Cause he's really playing out of his mind and the lions are playing well too. And it's going to come probably come down to, and somebody said the other day, there's a 99% chance that that lions Packers game is the one that gets flexed into prime time in week 17, which I guess will save us from the Texans Titans in prime time that week. But <laughs> I don't know. That game might come down to the division. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those two. It's going to be, have to be. So, I don't know. <laughs> Look, Tennessee, listen, we'll get to this in a minute because I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about this game. But, um, Tennessee is out of smash now. Might, might win the division. We, like I said, we might have to eat our words. I know. Joking and, 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 and you know, laughing at <laughs> Exotic <laughs> smash mouth. <laughs> Malarkey. <laughs> and, and now it turns out exotic smash now might might be the way to go. <laughs> uh, saying, I I still uh, if you if you held me down and tried to make me define what exotic smash <laughs> is, I'm still not sure I could tell you exactly what it is. But apparently it seems to be working. So right, it's some kind of way. Don't ask me either. But, yeah. uh, do you trust the? You think the Lions can pull it out over the Packers? Um. This, listen, this, this time I'm done with kids. Okay. Yeah. That's really been kind of the difference, right? Like seriously, who even saw that coming? I, I know he's like a really good return man. Um, I really liked him for that aspect. Uh, thought maybe he'd end up being a nice little third receiver, slot, slot receiver, or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe even heard of it. They put this kid in the backfield, man. He looks like he's played running back his whole life. Yeah. No. And, and it's not the same thing. I think most wide receivers will tell you. It's totally not the same thing, line up in the backfield and the running between the tackles and yeah. stuff like that. But he's just doing it like he was meant to do it in the first place. Yeah. And I think that as much as anything, the fact that, you know, the first couple of weeks teams weren't really respecting him and then he, he made some plays. And then they did start respecting him, and then they kind of opened up some stuff in the passing game. Now it's a little bit of both. Yeah. He's making plays, and they're having respected more. So, you know, it, it, I think it's helped everything about that offense kind of get back on track a little bit. Yeah. You, you can't take away from the job that Aaron Rodgers is doing. Right. But I, I think that just having time on them in the backfield at this point, after he's shown what he can do, really has helped that offense kind of get back on track. Yeah. No, he's having huge games. I mean, what was it? I mean, 162 yards last week. I mean, I know it was the Bears, and and obviously it was a game where it was what, what was it like three degrees or something out. So obviously they're going to be running the ball more anyway. But man, 162 yards on 16 carries. It doesn't matter who you're playing or what kind of weather you're playing in. That's pretty fucking impressive. And listen, it's very impressive to me for a wide receiver turn running back because, look, yeah, you're going to run the ball more, but that means you're going to take more of a pounding. Yeah. And in that cold weather, let me tell you from experience, it hurts. It hurts really, really bad when it's cold outside. Like your fingers, your elbows, all that feel like, you know, it's pretty fragile. So for a guy, again, who who is just a a wide receiver to start this season – to go out there and, 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 and you know run the ball that many times, catch the ball that many times, take that many hits, it's just impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive to me. 
Yeah, very much so. And then just to think that they've had it, they've uh, how I mean, it seems like every week of the season they've been trying to figure out some, or going back in the earlier half of the first half of the season they've been trying and trying and trying to figure out something, some kind of fix at running back. You mean they even picked up Christine Michael off waivers? They traded for oh, damn, I can't think of his, I can't remember which Chiefs running back they traded for at one point. Traded for him, kept him a week, and then released him pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember that either. But and then there, 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 their answer was the whole time. A guy they drafted in the third round in 2015. And it's funny but too. You go ahead. No, I was just saying, but you just couldn't know. <laughs> no, like, exactly. They, they only did it because they had to after a while. They just kept, you know, guys kept dropping like flies for them. And then they had to put them back there and it just, you know, it kind of took off from there. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's, it, it'll be, it'll be a good week. Um, I got to wrap it up now. Got to get, uh, got to get moving here into this Super Bowl planning stuff. I can't believe it's weird to be talking about the Super Bowl already, but that's kind of the way. <laughs> The way it is. But, Stephen, we got a good week of games. We got two more weeks. This is it. We're coming into the, the home stretch here. Listen, it's two more weeks, man. I, I, it, it, it seems like the season just started. It really does. It, it, a lot of things have changed since, <laughs> since before the season when we had high hopes for teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, et cetera. But, you know, but it's been a very interesting year too. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just wonder, you know, who, who's going to be there standing at the end of all this? Because this is one of those years where you think maybe the Patriots, maybe even the Cowboys, but there's no really dominant team out there right now who you're just sure is going to be able to, to, to take it all away. So. Yeah. I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Maybe a team that we're not thinking about ends up winning it this year. Yeah, and those are always the best years for the playoffs too. So, because it just gets crazy and anything can happen, and then you have some weird team that ends up going all the way. So I'm looking forward to it. These next two weeks are always the most fun weeks of the season. So it's uh, it ought to be a good time. Yep, I can't can't wait to see it. Can't wait, Stephen. Um, have a good week and, uh, we'll, we'll talk again next week and, uh, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Sounds good. Talk to you next week.